Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me as always is my fellow co-host Drew Garrison. This is part two of our hopes for the DCU in 2024 discussion. In part one, we talked about really the ending of the DCEU um, and some of the Elseworlds stuff going on, like the Batman 2 and Joker. So if you haven't heard part one, be sure to go check it out. It was a really fun discussion. Um, not going to waste any more time. Just going to go ahead and get into part two. Hope you all enjoy it. But moving on from the DC you Elseworlds, let's talk about Superman Legacy. Let's start with just naming out the cast for the listeners. We got David Cornsweet as Clark Kent slash Superman, Rachel Brosnan as Lois Lane, Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. Awesome. Skylar Gizanato as Jimmy Olsen, Maria Gabriella Di Ferrara as the engineer, who was possibly the villain or a villain in the movie. Then we have Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner, a.k.a. one of the Green Lanterns. Anthony Kerrigan as Rex Mason slash Metamorpho. Edie Gathigi as Mr. Terrific. And Sarah Sampaio as Eve Teschmacher, I think is how you pronounce that. So that's the cast we got so far. We don't really know a whole lot about the plot of this film. I mean, by we don't know a whole lot about the plot of this film, that's just a bunch of characters and absolutely no story other than Clark Kent's going to discover his heritage on Krypton. And he will be in the early days of him being Superman. Quite literally all we know. I guess here's my first question because it's been rumored a lot and James Gunn I don't know if he's fully debunked it but it I feel like the authority are going to play a role in this thing I don't think they're going to be the main villains but I think the authority are going to kind of take the role of the elite in a way from Superman versus the elite I guess that could be a a potential avenue but if this is like a Superman who's like still a rookie I would rather have it if the Authority tries to recruit him and, like, Superman has to decide what type of hero he's he's trying to be. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think one of the main reasons you and I are really excited for this is because of the way James Gunn has described what he wants this version of Superman to be, which is hopeful, optimistic, and people are going to hear all this and go, oh, great, you guys want the Boy Scout. Yes! Yes, I want the Boy Scout. Wait till you fuck him over, though. Because this guy, (laughs) he turns it up real quick, and he will fuck you up, and it's awesome. Uh, So I feel like we're going to get that hopeful and optimistic version of Superman, which I'm really pumped for. It's going to sound cheesy, it's going to sound stupid, but I think it's something, you look at the 1978 version, right? And everybody goes like, yeah, that's my Superman right there. Like, who was it? Was it the actor? I can't remember the actor's name. I feel really bad off the top of my head. Christopher Reeve said like he wanted to make people believe that a man could fly or something like that. You will believe a man could fly. Yeah, that everybody could look at that and be like, oh man, that that was really good. It made you feel good. And we haven't really gotten that with Superman in a long, long time. We've tried so hard in the past few decades, really, to make Superman darker, convert him to modern times. And I think it's a thing where Superman doesn't have to do that because Superman isn't meant to really, oh yeah, get him into modern times. we got to change him for that no he's an ideal to strive towards like that's the whole point and hearing james gunn talk about superman and seeing this cast right and seeing potentially the avenues they can go down the only thing i keep thinking is james gunn's gonna nail that mission statement 
of Superman as the optimistic figure to strive to be. And with the and with the a lot of the supporting cast, since we're getting Guy Gardner and Metamorpho, it's like Metamorpho starts out as a grade A jerk. And Guy Gardner is also known as the asshole Green Lantern. They are really setting it up so that way Superman is gonna be around some jerks and they're gonna like push his buttons. But you I know we're gonna get I know like James Gunn is gonna keep to the whole we have he's gonna be the hopeful optimistic guy. And if that makes him a Boy Scout, good. I need people to hear me on this. Superman doesn't need to be updated. He is timeless for a reason. Characters like Batman and The Flash and all those others, they need to be updated. Yes, because as times change, their idealism is going to change. Superman is the ultimate ideal. He will never, ever change. Because in in the world that Superman wants to create, he he'll only change when he's not needed. Yeah, and I think that's again what I think James Gunn's kind of going down here to where he wants to. I it feels like he wants to recapture that Superman nineteen seventy eight feeling, which I'm one hundred percent down for. I think what he's gonna do with this is just tell this story of a young Superman finding his way, finding his way as. This hero, like you said, what hero does he want to be? Mm-hmm. And I think the end goal for it is to, again, try to recapture some of that magic. Because there's a reason people keep going back to that 1978 movie. And saying it was the best version of Superman that they've ever seen. And it's not just because of the awesome Jor-El speech, okay? but that is a major version. There's a reason why I bring that up whenever we review Superman. Like, my whole thing, my whole thing with... uh. Superman legacy is like I don't I don't need it to be life changing or anything. I just need a good Superman because we've been missing that for a while. We just got a pretty good start. I need to emphasize start to Superman with the, uh my adventures with Superman series. But we haven't gotten a Superman like this um that good since Justice League Unlimited where we um, went through Superman and his ups and downs of trying to be a superhero and remembering who he was. God, that show was good. I need to rewatch that show. But whole thing, I just need this to be good. And James Gunn, don't fret. You're going to do great. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to crush it. But you you look at this cast, right? We don't really... I know I said, like, the engineer, possibly the villain or a villain of it. But we really don't know who the big bad's going to be. So, here's my question to you. Who do you think, whether they are on this cast list or they are not on this cast list, based on the cast, what James Gunn said about Superman Legacy, all that stuff, who do you think, who's your prediction on who will be the big bad of Superman Legacy? Because I think by the end of 2024... We may know the answer to that. I think we probably will considering the movie. I think it's starting to it's supposed to start filming in twenty twenty four, so we will know probably. Samuel Lane, aka Lois Lane's dad. I could see that, but you as the main antagonist? As the main anta- as the main antagonist. I think that works as a secondary antagonist to the movie. I'm not sure if Sam Lane being the main antagonist is, I don't want to say, I guess cinematic enough, if that makes sense. Oh, you do, you do not know Sam Lane in the comics. This man, woo, this man has some hardcore comic panels, man. It's like, you can make Samuel Lane cinematic. Sure, he's not going to be like bombastic laser red eyes in the sky and everything, or have a green kryptonite heart. Which, by the way, in some iterations, Metallo was created by the U.S. military. But it's like Samuel Lane, he is like, okay, let me put it this way. If Amanda Waller is basically the fear of this cold, this cold-hearted woman who has control of all these supervillains and will kill you in a second, Samuel Lane is the fear that the military will have your IP address and, and uh, release, your search, release your search history before nuking you. Just to, just to be sure you are completely destroyed. That is Samuel Lane. Also, one of my favorite Superman storylines, he also technically can have a Superman under his employ. 
His name is Wraith, and he's really cool. Read Superman Unchained, guys. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Here's my batshit crazy fan theory on who I think the villain is. And then we Hold on, let me get my tinfoil hat. About, yeah, get, get a tinfoil hat. Let me know when you're ready. Alright, I'm ready. My tinfoil hat batshit crazy theory. Now this was brought out as a rumor. I saw it on Reddit a few days ago. I think James Gunn already debunked it. But I still think the villain might be Brainiac. For the first one? And the reason I say that is because Brainiac is one of Superman's greatest villains. People have wanted to see Brainiac for a long time. For some reason, we also, like when Henry Cavill got let go, there was a lot of talk about Henry Cavill's Man of Steel 2 being about Brainiac. And then DC went, no, we're not doing Henry Cavill Superman anymore. That That is done. It would make a lot of sense to me as if they were doing Brainiac and James Gunn also wanted to do that too. And that didn't make sense to do two Brainiac projects at the same time. And then I look at the cast list for this movie and I see a lot of super-powered people and Brainiac to me is a... Honestly, I think he's a Justice League level threat. Now, while these are not Justice League members, most of them here, there are a few of them. And I think you can have a small little team-up with Superman kind of getting some vengeance, so to speak, for Krypton against Brainiac. And I think you can tie that in, potentially, to the next movie we're going to talk about, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Okay, I like I like that. That's a good idea and everything. And the engineer actually has a storyline where she is hacked by Brainiac. So, see, see, you're you're tying it together for me, Drew. This is this is why I love having you and Tristan on because I say these batshit crazy things, and then you guys go, "Well, guess what, Taylor? There's some batshit crazy people making comics, and they kind of they did something similar to what you're saying here." Oh, don't get me started. There's a storyline where Brainiac and where um, Brainiac uh, attacked Earth while Doomsday attacked Superman, and then Superman became a Doomsday Superman hybrid. It's a lot right there. I, it's kind of hard to keep up with. It was a full fifty issues, man. Here's my last question, though, before we move on to Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow. What are you hoping to see from the movie, and do you think we get a trailer by the end of 2024? Movie oh, start, most uh, definitely. It's supposed to start filming in 2024. Do you think we might get a little teaser by the end of the year? Yes, 100%. We're going to get a teaser. Like, they are not, not going to let this sit without, like... They're probably going to cut some stuff before they're even done filming and then let it hashtag leak. And then they're going to say, oh, it was a leak. We might not do this, but, you know, get excited. But what I want to see... What I want to see is the struggle of Superman. The man who's trying to do the right thing, and people just want him to either go hog wild, or they want him to leave because they don't trust him. It's just the classic Superman story. That's all I want to see. Because in the end, because at the end of the day, Superman could, Superman could do everything that everyone says he could. Yes, he could rule the world and bring peace on Earth and everything, but then he'd be a dictator. He wouldn't be Superman. What I want to see is just Superman being the lovable guy we know. He will stop and save a cat from a tree. He will, he will um, defeat an alien invasion. And still, if he sees someone who just needs help, he will fly there immediately to talk to, talk to them, to help them, to, like, to help some old people across the street. He'll do whatever he needs to. That is Superman. Yeah, the criticism that Superman can just solve all the world's problems and basically make it to where it's like, oh, I solved everything for you guys. It has the same energy to me as the whole, like, oh, yeah, Batman should just give all his money away to people and shouldn't even be Batman. Like, that's... Why is he going out there? I feel like you're just missing the concept of Batman. I don't think anyone has thought, like, actually thought through of what would would actually happen if Bruce Wayne just gave money to everyone. It wouldn't solve the problem of Gotham and crime. Well, it goes back to this and you can tie that into Superman, right? Like him fixing the world's problems. Yeah. He fixes it, 
But the problem is that systemically, like us as humans, we need to learn to do it ourselves. We need to be better ourselves, right? Right. It's a similar thing to me is like, yeah, I don't want to say it's similar because I think they're two completely different criticisms that are just like, ah, you guys are also thinking a little too hard here. I'm not trying to like just dim- diminish the criticism, but at a certain point, it's also a superhero <laughs> project. So, yeah. So, we ready to talk about Supergirl? Because I'm also excited about that. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, real quick, I, I agree with you, though. I think we're going to get a trailer by the end of 2024, even if it's just a little teaser. And, yeah, I agree with everything you said about what you're hoping to see out of the movie. I think this is, I just want to see kind of what we saw in, like, the animation here recently, right? And on Nerd mm-hmm. Stop Movies, where we went through, we watched Superman Mana Tomorrow. I thought that was a pretty good adaptation. Superman vs. the Elite, All-Star Superman. Loved all those versions. If we can get something like that on the big screen, I'm happy. (laughs) Now, let's talk about Clark's cousin. Let's talk about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. There's not a whole lot about this, though. Nobody's been cast yet. Will they cast somebody new for Supergirl or stick with Sasha Kai? Who knows? Uh, Anna Nogira? is going to write the movie. She was actually originally hired in 2022 to write a Supergirl movie that would essentially be a follow-up spin-off from The Flash, and I assume with Sasha Kaye set to come back. But as we know, those plans fell through. I'm really pumped for this movie. If my batshit crazy theory about Brainiac is right, I feel like you can tie some stuff in from that to Supergirl. I love the version of Supergirl that James Gunn's teased that we're going to get. That this, we look at Superman, right? And he's talked about Superman being this beacon of hope and bright and a little bit of the Boy Scout, right? And with Supergirl, I think the hope is there, but there's that little bit of Henry Cavill, like, oh, we're going to throw a little bit of darkness in there because the shit she's fucking been through. And that's very interesting to me. It is. It is true. It is true. Like Supergirl's supposed to have that bit of darkness. She's not in love with humanity like Superman is. She has a lot of problems that she has to shift through, and that's one of the reasons why I love Supergirl and everything. Why she feels like a great, different character to Superman. So I'm excited. Uh, if they bring back Sasha, I would be totally fine with that. My one. My one request. Either dye her hair blonde or give her a wig. I, I, we talked about The Flash early, right? I wasn't a big yes. fan, fan of the movie. I thought the movie was, honestly, I know people said they had fun with it. It was all right. I thought it was bad. It was a bad movie to me. One of the bright spots was Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. Well, she did a great job for the 10 minutes she's in the movie, and I feel like I'm giving the movie too much credit by saying she's in it for 10 minutes. <laughs> That's true. I mean, do we count CGI it's dolls like as minutes. being... Do we count the CGI doll time as being that? Also, just uh, not to go into complete tangent here, but it makes her look really bad to get... to pretty much body Zod the entire fight. And then she just gets fucking killed. And yeah, then, that made oh, no sense to me. Time. Let's do it again. And let's have her continue to die. And the whole time I'm going, man, you're really just ruining her power level right now. Because she looks so badass. And like, oh yeah, she can take on Zod. Awesome. Cool. Because Zod's also not used to the Earth atmosphere and all this stuff. Cool. This is awesome. And then just she dies. Over and over again. And I'm like, okay, so she sucks. Great. Fantastic movie. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, thanks, I hate it. (laughs) But I think she did a great job in the role, and she got a lot across in what I would think is five to ten minutes of screen time. She is great as a physical actress. Like, Like, oh my god, the uncomfortability, and then just getting comfortable around Barry, showing that she's warming up to him. There was just there was a lot of good stuff she did in the little time she was given that I would love to see her as a full-on Supergirl. That said, you're not going to like where I'm going with this. 
I think you got to get somebody new because I think you got to recast. I think you got to do it for two reasons. What we talked about earlier, you can't just keep picking and choosing people to come back. You're already doing it with Peacemaker. You're doing it with Waller. You got to eventually you got to stop it and you got to cast some new people in. I'm going to be honest. I don't like the fact that Peacemaker's coming back. Like, don't get me wrong. John Cena was great, but it's oh, like, so I don't like Peacemaker. I don't like Peacemaker coming back. I'm sorry, James Gunn. I get he's your baby, but I'm sorry. It's time to let your baby go and fly his own wings. He's Elseworlds now. I would have been very happy to see John Cena actually take a more prominent role as a different character in DC as well. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm a little disappointed because I think they could have just done a Peacemaker season two. Said, all right, that's the end of that. And John Cena's going to be playing something else in DCU. I would have been happy. I don't know why, but I keep imagining John Cena as Metallo. I think that worked. I think you yeah. work as a Superman villain. I would. I think you could do a lot really with him. Either that being a hero or a villain. Because strangely enough, Cena went from being a horrible actor to you watch Peacemaker and you're like, damn, he's pretty good. <laughs> Did not see he, that coming. But <laughs> he took some acting classes. He came back a legend. The second reason I would recast, and this is to be mean towards The Flash. The Flash is so bad, I don't think anything should survive it. <laughs> and that hurts me to say, after everything I, good I said about Sasha Kai Super. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the only thing I would say is an Elseworlds project involving her as Supergirl. That, that I would like. I would like that. Oh, man. I just like Michael Keaton's Batman more. No, I can't go that far. <laughs> I still like Michael Keaton's Batman. He makes no sense in the movie. Like, the man's just cashing a fucking paycheck. But I gotta respect him for it. Yeah, it's like, the, man, the man's cashing a paycheck, and yeah, he's very good. But oh my but oh my god, it's like, what they did to him. It's like, oh, so Bruce Wayne just stopped being Batman when Gotham was okay. I guess, again, we are character assassinating Batman. And it does one of the things I hate in superhero movies, man. It's like, oh, hey, you know, the world is ending. We could really use your help. Now nah, I'm good. Excuse me? <laughs> the world's ending, man. Like, you don't have a tomorrow. Like, you don't have dinner. Like, your your day is done, pretty much, if you don't it's like that spa- It's like that spaghetti's going to be the last thing you eat. <laughs> yeah, that spaghetti there. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not trying to go on tangents. But just... To reiterate how bad the Flash is and why I don't think you need to bring Sasha K back. Not because of her, but because of the movie. I love how they also go, Oh yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah, man. We already know like we all know that you're just saying the thing so the audience claps in the theater. It makes no sense story wise. Both Flashes know that he is Batman. There's no reason for him to say that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sorry, sorry. Talking about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, let's get back into it. Well, actually, I was going to ask, like, since you, since we're talking about casting and everything, who would you want to be Supergirl? What is your fan cast? I think you do what you did with David Cornsweet. I think it's brilliant the way they're going about it so far by going, we don't have to get a big name actor. We got to get the right actor, whoever that may be. We need to get the right person to play this role. I mean, that's the best way to go about it. You you look at the MCU. RDJ was a huge name already. Bit, I don't want to say divisive, but pretty risky <laughs> early on. But a big name nonetheless. Then you had Chris Hemsworth, who was pretty much unknown. Scarlett Johansson, pretty well known. Jeremy Renner. Middle, of the, I would say, kind of known, and then you had Chris Evans, who was uh, Johnny Storm in the old Fantastic Four, and he pretty much just played a bunch of comedy characters other than what we would see in Captain America. So they did a lot with blending in some very well-known actors with the unknown, and then building up the unknown actors to where now you look at them and you're like. These are top stars in Hollywood. But I, under, I understand. Uh, me, it's like, I'm on the same opinion, but if I, but I kind of wanted to make this fun and choose a person. So um, I actually chose Makina Grace. 
Uh, she was in the, uh, yep, she was in the, um, the, uh, what's it called? The Foxes of Hydesville. That was it. It's a podcast. And, uh, I liked her, I liked her voice acting in it. And I think I've seen her in something else on television, but I'm not sure. Like, she's only 17. So it's like, she's at the right, she's at the right age to like, wear a coming of age story, which is what, um, Women of Tomorrow was supposed to be. But, uh, you know, I feel as though, like, having a no-name actor is pretty, pretty okay, just as long as they know what they're doing and they push it to, and they push it, um, they can really do well with it. Okay, you want, I got a really good recent-ish example of bringing in okay. a known actor and elevating them. <laughs> it's, no matter how you felt about the movie, I feel like it's a little bit of a meme at this point. Everybody has one good thing to say about the Marvels. Amon Vellani. Yes, 100%. Mon Vellani literally came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and she's easily, <laughs> like, one of the, I would say, top five people, like, top five actors in the MCU currently, in terms of character slash performance. Yeah. And, and I find it quite ironic, because she actually, she actually is a big fan of the comics, does not like Captain Marvel, but at the same time, she makes you feel as though she likes her. That is top tier acting to me. Yeah, again, it just, you look at that, and you, also, another one, Tom Holland. <laughs> Not very well known before playing Spider-Man, so. Wait, no, people didn't know Tom Holland before Spider-Man? Not really, no. I don't think it was in much. Wow, I guess I was the only one to watch The Impossible. <laughs> you might have been. <laughs> but, yeah, that's probably what I would do with it personally. And I, I just... I know a little bit about the story that they're adapting because I was interested in it and I decided to watch a few YouTube videos of people recapping it, talking about why it's so good. And man, I'm excited to see what they do with this story because it seems unique. And I don't think general audiences, like, it doesn't seem unique in the sense that it's wacky fun and all this. No, it seems like it is a cosmic story. That is very human. If that makes sense. It does. Taylor, I have to ask right now. Have you read Woman of Tomorrow? I have not. I wish I had. I did a, Again, I did a little bit of research into it after it was revealed. Because I was like, man, I feel like I'd really... Like everything James Gunn was saying about it. I was like, this might be my most anticipated project. Because <laughs> it sounds fucking awesome. But besides the point, like, you got anything else to say about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow before we move on? I have, I have a, I have a bit more, but I feel like I will go on tangents if I could go on it. I'm just very excited, guys. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think we're in terms of 2024 stuff, our predictions, our hopes. So, point of this episode, I'm hoping we get some castings by the end of 2024. Yeah, but I don't imagine we're going to get anything massive like we would with Superman Legacy because it's still like we just talked about when we started the thing, right? They just yeah. got a writer for it. Just so got gonna be a just while. got a writer. Yeah. But here's to here's to hoping that uh we get yeah. more. Next up though, we get Creature Commandos. It's an animated series on Max. I think it as far as I know, I looked on IMDB it still says twenty twenty four. And who knows uh, if it maybe it ends up being 2025, but I think we'll end up seeing something for it in 2024. Yeah, I'm not sure about it, but hey, I'm, not, I'm not sure about when it's uh, supposed to be out, but hey, who knows? On IMDb, we got Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, Frank Grillo as Rick Flagg Sr., Maria Baklova as Alana Rostovich, David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein. Indira Varma as Bride of Frankenstein, Alan Tudyk as Doc Phosphorus, Russ Bain as Craig Brother, Zoe Chow as Nini Mazurki, Steve Agi or Steve Aggie, I think is how you pronounce it, as John Economos, Raul, Phew, this one's tough. I'm going to butcher the hell out of it. Raul. Benicia? Yeah. 
as TBD. His character is not listed on the <laughs> And Sean Gunn as G.I. Robot. Now, this feels very Suicide Squad to me, but in animated form. Seems like a bunch of... It seems like something when James Gunn signed on, he told DC, I'm doing this. And then DC, their studio heads went, who are the Creature Commandos, though? Because they don't even know. <laughs> See, my thing with the creature, my thing with the creature commandos is they're interesting, and that's it. <laughs> it's like I've never been in love with the creature commandos. I, I have been in love with the Frankenstein character of DC. I have no idea why Amanda Waller's in this if Rick Flag Senior is in this because I'm ninety nine percent sure that Rick Flag Senior and Amanda Waller are supposed to be the same age, so I don't feel like Amanda Waller would be in her commanding role. I could be wrong. I have a theory. I have a okay. theory here. Okay, what's now? The theory? I believe James Gunn. I might be wrong, so I might be speaking some bullshit. But I think James Gunn has said Peacemaker and Waller are in the DCU. I don't think he's ever said anything about the Suicide Squad. That's oh my I'm god. Saying. <laughs> they might be basically I, I'm not he might be basically trying to retcon some shit for Peacemaker season 2 it's my only tinfoil hat theory on this show of how these two actors are in the or these two characters are in the same place at the same time potentially or maybe it's some we're seeing past to the present you know storytelling going on that's very possible as well but I do find it peculiar how it's a bit cagey with what's canon to the DCU and what's not, and the Suicide Squad seems to be really up in the air. At this point, if it's not a full reboot, I'm just going to say, oh, these are just similar-looking characters. That's the best I'm going to get, because I am not, I'm not going to say, oh, you have to watch this DCEU movie to understand. I will not. I, I will say, though, in terms of the cast, I really love the cast. I have no context for what this is going to be. I don't have a whole lot to say. But you look at Frank Grillo... Easy, like, what Joel Kinnaman did with Rick Flagg Jr. His dad, awesome. Seems like a thumbs-up cast in there. You can't really go wrong with David Harbour and Dara Varma on two dicks here. Like, a whole lot of great actors here. Uh, a lot of them have been voice actors before, have done a great job in the voice acting department. So, seems like James Gunn really wanted to make it work there and James Gunn has said the actors who are voicing the character will be playing them in live action if they make it to live action so did a great job of casting uh in my opinion you guys anything else that before we move on uh can't wait to see Frankenstein not so excited about his bride though because uh I never can tell what they're doing with her if I'm just being if I'm just being honest, like sometimes they're a couple and other times, oh, we broke we broke up. It's like, can you have some relationship drama on screen besides you're broken up? But let's go ahead and move on to. Hey, we were just talking about it. Basically, Waller slash Peacemaker season two. Personally, I'd be surprised if either of these drop in 2024 or if we really hear much about it unless uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran are just being really quiet about it. Maybe we see something about Waller. That's, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't have any predictions. I don't think this is gonna be really applicable to our hopes in 2024. How about you? I don't think it's applicable, and I have said all I need to say. It's like I'm not really sure where I where I stand with Peacemaker season two and Waller. I feel like it could be a great show, but it's like they're not the things I'm excited for. If I'm being honest. Don't get me wrong, Peacemaker is still a great show. That's the only reason I'm excited about it. It's because Peacemaker Season 1 was so damn good that even if it's not connected... See, this is the thing, right? We talked about DCEU. I think if the product was better and it was more consistent and if there was trust, then people would have still went to go see The Flash. People would have went to go see Aquaman. Well, not Aquaman, uh, Shazam and Blue Beetle. People, we, we don't know if they're going to go see Aquaman. So, you look at Peacemaker, I think there's a lot of people who are going to end up seeing Peacemaker Season 2. Hopefully, who knows when it comes out. They might actually lose popularity because of how long it might take. But because of the goodwill Season 1 brought. Hmm. 
Okay, okay. But moving on to the next project, Batman Brave and the Bold. There's no script yet, according to James Gunn. The Flash director Andy Muschietti is directing Brave and the Bold, which worries the hell out of me after seeing The Flash. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. That is the same for me. We're getting the Bat Family. That sounds cool. We're getting an older-ish Batman. Also sounds pretty cool. It doesn't sound like we're getting what Ben Affleck's Batman was supposed to be age-wise. But we're not getting Robert Pattinson's age-wise Batman. So somewhere so, in between. Is he like 40? I think... Uh, well, I, don't, I would have to look it up. But a lot of people are saying like... uh. I don't want to speak on it and be like, oh, yeah, completely wrong with the rumors. I don't know what James Gunn's confirmed or denied. Yeah, that's my, that's my whole thing. It's like there have been there have been a lot of rumors around this one. So I am just I am just um waiting it out. It's like I'm not excited for it. I like the name because of the cartoon show. One of the best Batman uh cartoons ever. And uh, he said one of he said one of the animated series is still there, people. <laughs> I said what? I said one of the animated series is still there. The animated series fans, please stop being so rabid. But all in all, cautiously optimistic. I, you kind of, you would be the same. I would assume. I think that's what you said. Yes. Okay. So we can't really say too much. There, we literally know nothing about it. Uh. Are are you do you have any of the concerns I do about Muschietti directing this potentially? Uh kinda the only reason I don't have as much of it is because Muschietti had to deal with all of the drama backstage with the flash and everything. Yeah, that's true. That is one of the reasons why I give him some leeway. And you could tell that he was putting all of his stuff into the Batman, so I mean, he's the one with the most consistently good animation in this in this animation crap fest, and then you have basically what I what I like to say is his uh like he has a passion for Batman and everything. It's just I have a better feeling for this one than I do about the Flash. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think we're on same same link wavelength here. Completely. It's just, you look at what The Flash was, I think it is clear that Andy Muschietti had a passion for Batman. It's, every time, like, it would be like, okay, let's go into some Flash stuff. Oh, okay, Michael Keaton's here. <laughs> that was a really good action sequence. Can Barry get one? He can't. Okay. That's cool. He can just save some babies, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also pulled out a super taser move and never use it again. We're done with our lineup here. What have James Gunn and Peter Safran gotten right so far, in your opinion? What do they need to get better at? Like, they're they're a lot better um, with communicating with fans and trying to get some feedback and everything. I think they're also, I think also this feels like there is a plan. Like, I will say it a million times. I like Zack Snyder's ideas. I don't think he had a full concrete plan, if I'm being honest. Like, he had an outline. He didn't have a plan. That is what I best would say. Uh, but that is something I will give him. I think he is good at also, like, keeping his mouth shut because he's not just saying a bunch of stuff that could happen. He's just giving you what he has so far and that's it. He's not trying to hype fans up with like, oh, we could potentially see Dark Side in the movie. Ha ha ha. He's not pulling the wrestling promoter, right? He's not yeah. doing the thing that you would see from the from WWE or AEW to where it's, it's what they're supposed to do, don't get me wrong. But when they're promoting something coming up on a show or an announcement or something, it's gonna be the biggest thing ever, and then you tune into the show and it's like, oh, Okay, that was that could have been. Why can't you just say that on, like, another thing? Why was this on a show? Basically, it's not that big a deal. Also, the bait and switches that happened a lot. Oh, it's like this character is supposed to be this character, and then it turns out it's me, Austin. It's me, Austin. <laughs> I know what you're. God, it's not to go into a <laughs> into a yeah. ministry tangent. But damn, that was such a bad fucking reveal. 
Uh, uh, besides <laughs> the point. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they've done a great job at basically being like, hey, we got a plan. We're not going to tell you absolutely everything. It, this part's a little complicated with me because I'll get into it, but it does seem like they have a genuine plan and they're not trying to get expectations too high, which I commend them for. Another thing yeah. I'd commend them for is James Gunn knew he had to, to start out the gate with Superman. I think you had yes. to do it. Yeah, I, yeah, especially with Man of Steel coming out in 2013. Regardless of how you feel about Superman as a character, if you're doing a Justice League DC level cinematic universe, yeah, gotta start with Superman here, considering his last solo movie was 10 years ago. It will yeah. be 12 years ago by the time the movie actually releases. You you want to know the you want to know know the reason why I keep mentioning Invincible whenever we talk about man I mean not Invincible uh um what's it called the fighting game uh Injustice thank you yes yeah you want to know why I keep mentioning Injustice every time we bring up Man of Steel why because it feels like Man of Steel was the origin of Injustice Superman the Superman that would be willing to put his arm through the Joker. I'm not sure how the time. I think Injustice came out before Man of Steel, but I get what you're saying. Like it, it did. The tone makes sense. Yeah, the yeah, tone. The, the tone. The of tone's both the same. Are in the same. Yeah. Yeah, and all, and also how immediate, how immediately, and I know, and I know, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but and how immediately, Sue, we cut to Superman being just fine with having murdered someone, especially one of the last of his kind. Yeah, you could have made that a very compelling plot point in the sequel. I think. Of him, basically, I had to kill somebody. The one of the one of the last, if not the last, of my kind for humanity. I crossed the line that I can never cross again. Him trying to cope with that or move on and be better, and instead, it really felt like, oh yeah, I'm good. Moving on. I just screamed no, and I got through it. That's how it works. Yeah, you know, my girlfriend hugged me, so I'm good now. That was an interesting dynamic. You really just glossed over there. So. I, as long as they don't do anything like that, or with Pa Kent going, or with young Clark Kent going, so what, I should have just let those kids die? Pa maybe. Kent I don't know, maybe. Gosh, sorry, Kevin Costner, you didn't deserve that, but Jesus, that, so bad. It, the sad part is, that. he was a good, the sad part is, you could tell he could have been a good Pa Kent, yeah. and then they just, it's like, Kevin Costner. <laughs> they just snubbed him so bad with that line. He will be forever remembered as the Pa Kent who said, hey, maybe you should have let the kids die. Yeah, he's Kim fucking Cosner, Drew. Yeah, I'm sure you could have done a good job. But <laughs> getting to what James Gunn and Peter Saffron's done well, it's also not shaming or piling on the Zack Snyder stuff because there's a lot of people who are fans of the Zack Snyder stuff. And it's more so going like, hey, we're just doing our own thing, all right? What Zach did, it was great for what it was, pretty much. I, all this stuff about Snyder versus the new DCU, it's all made up. It's not real. It's a fictional... <laughs> it's bullshit, alright? So, I think they've done a great job basically going like, hey, look, if you like those things, we're not taking anything away from that. We're just doing something different. And I think that was a brilliant way to go about it. Because he could have easily been like, okay, you know what? Everything was terrible before I came in. It all sucked. And you bury the product before you got there. And that's bad. Mm-hmm. What do you think they should improve on? Uh, if I think they need to improve on anything, it probably would be just... I guess there's not, not really a lot for me to say they improve on because we have so little to go with anyway. I guess it I guess it would be just like, hey, keep us updated on how the universe is progressing and everything. Like, don't give us like story spoilers or anything like that, but keep like keep us updated on oh, we're like looking around for our current uh super our current supergirl or we're looking around for our current uh, stuff. We're trying to iron out some details in between movies and everything because if we're making a universe, it needs to be consistent. That is the thing that the MCU has gotten bad about right now. 
It's like, let's, and also don't, don't put too much on your plates. Like we have series coming out. We have movies coming out. Focus on, focus on the DCU first. Everything else is second. And, uh, and, um, as much as I like Elseworld stuff, that is ultimately second to the DCU. Those can be pushed back a bit. Yeah, I think they've done a great job at not overhyping things. And this is going to sound... <laughs> I, I think, okay, and just to sound like I'm not just critiquing and being like, oh man, they could just be doing so much better. I think they're doing a solid job right now. Like, they're just getting started, honestly. Yeah, they're just getting started. I, you can't really be asking for all too much. But I think we're going into 2024. And I think these are a few things they can improve at. I got five things written down here on my notes. One, just better communication with fans. I think James Gunn's done an okay job, a pretty decent job at that. But everything's just really confusing right now, and it's hard to really be invested in what the product is. And going off of point number one, my point number two, give people something to theorize about. I understand holding on, holding your cards close to the vest, but it's really hard to theorize about the DCU right now. What are you working towards? Like, you don't have to give us everything, but it's just, you look at Marvel right now, right? While it's, you could argue it's fine or it's on fire, there's still stuff to theorize about. <laughs> Is Kang going to be the main villain? Will it be Doom? What's going to happen with Fantastic Four? Is Spider-Man going to be the main character? There's a whole lot of shit going on there. And I think you could also go back to Phase 1, right, of the MCU. We got Iron Man, okay? And then we started to get, what was it, uh, Incredible Hulk next. And then we started yep. to realize what was happening, and we were starting to theorize who is next. Oh, it's Thor, and then Captain America. Oh, God, we're going to get the Avengers. Who's going to be the... Oh, it's got to be Loki, right? And there's... Just there's there is still stuff to theorize about there, and with DCU, yeah, I know we haven't had technically a movie yet, but you're not you're already working from behind because of your past movies and your shows not really living up to expectations, barring a few things, Peacemaker being one of them. So I think what you could do to help that would be giving the people, the nerds out there, the people who make content, give them a little something, right? Not a whole lot, but you called your thing Gods and Monsters. Give us a reason why it's called Gods and Monsters, other than, you know, just the names of the projects we're doing. Like, give us something for us to go, all right, I see an end goal, kind of. I'm curious to see how we get there, if that makes sense. I'm I, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, point three. Sometimes less is more. You look at the MCU's current qua uh, quantity over quality problem, and I don't make that same mistake. <laughs> I think Drew. I think you said that earlier. Only make projects that you feel are necessary for your story. Considering that this phase or chapter is called Gods and Monsters. I assume everything on the docket is applicable to whatever the hell it is you're building up to. And again, going back to point number two, you don't have to give us everything. Just give us just a little bit. Just a little bit for some YouTube videos to where you can have some hype going in. Four, put a stop to the picking and choosing over who stays and what goes. It's becoming too confusing to know what, what actors are staying, what matters in DCU, what doesn't, and all that kind of stuff. Is exactly what we were talking about, right? At the start of the show and throughout the whole show. Like, you keep certain people as the Justice League people. Then all of a sudden you're like, why did you get rid of Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill for? You create optically a controversy. And yeah. five, very simple one. Just tell good stories. Which isn't a problem with James Gunn's superhero content so far. Doesn't matter if it's a comedy story, doesn't matter if it's an action story or a horror story, just tell a good story. That's what audiences, I think, they're really dying to see right now. Yeah, you got it in one. It's like, that's, that's all we really need. It's like, we need good, 
We need a good story. We need something to latch on to. That's all we really need. That's all we've been asking for DC. And with James Gunn at the helm, we potentially will get it. I, I yeah, and I think you look at the MCU, right? With for example, Secret Invasion. I think a lot of people thought Secret Invasion had the potential to be so much more than what it was. And by the end of it, I think a lot of people were just like, fuck this. It's the same old, same old. They can't do anything new. They can't. It feels like we're always building towards the next thing. And is that even going to matter? And we always have to have the same generic fight at the end. And there's nothing to really, as an audience member, latch your teeth into. And I think with DC, you could really just be like, you know what? We're going to do a horror movie with Swamp Thing. We're going to do a comedy with this thing, like a Plastic Man. If they end up doing a Plastic Man thing, that'd be pretty cool. That kind of stuff. Like, you can go all over the place. It's just, you. it's what you said, Drew. Your characters have to be consistent. Uh, but is there anything that we didn't talk about that was not on our list here today? I don't think so. Nothing that was applicable, I would say. The Paradise Island, I don't. Nothing, none of that. I think we'll see anything about next year. Maybe we'll talk. We'll talk about it in twenty twenty four. Yeah, we'll talk about it in next year's episode potentially. If this ends up working. Alrighty, let's get out of here. If you want to chat with us about your hopes for the DCU in twenty twenty four, or your thoughts on the DCEU ending, be sure to join our Discord the link for which is in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out thenerdstash.com for all sorts of news in the world of gaming, movies, television, and so much more. I want to thank Drew for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. See you then.